Welcome to Stuff You Missed in History Class from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Katie Lambert. And I'm Sarah Dowdy. And Katie and I talked about the glamorous jet-setting life of the Duke and Duchess of Windsor in another podcast. And we only briefly touched on what most people would consider the dark side of their life. And a good symbol of the dark side of their life would be the picture of Adolf Hitler kissing the hand of the Duchess of Windsor. Which certainly does suggest problems. Right. And this all starts with a good example, their wedding, their much-talked-about wedding. Wallace and Edward were married at the Chateau de Condé in France, which was owned by a man named Charles Bedeau. He was an eccentric millionaire known for his work with scientific management and also for an expedition he sponsored called the Champagne Safari. But he wasn't as well known for his work for the Third Reich. He would later kill himself right before he was put on trial for treason. So from the very beginning, the shadow of the Nazis is upon this couple. Yeah, and to give a little context to why the um, once British king could feel sympathy towards the Nazis. Edward feels as much German as English. His great-grandfather, Prince Albert, Victoria's husband, is of German ancestry. His mother, Queen Mary. Um, and he's also an ancestor of King George I, who is uh, from a German family. He even calls German his mother tongue. But after World War I, the British monarchy wants to distance itself as much as possible from its German heritage, understandably. King George V even changes their last name to Windsor from Saxe-Coburg-Gotha. And Edward wants to reclaim this part of his German heritage. And he also wasn't allowed to serve in combat in World War I. And maybe that had a little something to do with his love for the Germans. Yeah, you would certainly think that fighting an enemy in World War One would make you at least have some reservations against them in the Second World War, but he's not allowed to fight because he's the crown prince, and he goes on sort of a publicity tour instead, which makes him very popular with his own people. Right, but when he takes the throne... His sentiments are a bit at odds with the rest of the British government. Hitler, of course, is in power, and Edward is a fan of his, and the British government was not, to put things simplistically. When Hitler says he's sending forces into Rhineland, England says that it's opposed. The government makes that known, and Edward says both to his own government and to the German ambassador, which was a huge breach of protocol, We're not opposed to this. If you try to stop Hitler, I will abdicate. So the threat of abdication actually came much earlier than his actual abdication. Well, and it's so shocking here that he's stepping far beyond the bounds of his figurehead sort of position and actually threatening to take real action. Oh, and grasping at power, yes. So he does abdicate to marry twice-divorced American woman Wallace Simpson. But back to being a Nazi, (laughs) Edward is pretty well informed politically, and he has some real connections to the Nazi party and to people in power. Yeah, at a party in Vienna in June 1937, the Duke tells uh, an Italian diplomat that the U.S. has cracked his country's intelligence code. So everybody is kind of thinking, 
How does the Duke know this information? Exactly. How does he even have it? Bedeau sets up for the couple a trip to Germany to meet Hitler in October 1937. It's only a few months after their marriage. Right. And so they dine with him and there's, you know, the photo of Hitler kissing her hand. And so we're not just talking about two people who privately hold pro-fascist sympathies. We're talking about people who are making it obvious and, again, very at odds with their own government. The photos of the Duke in Berlin are used as Nazi propaganda. He even visits a training camp, which is reported about him seeing future Nazi leaders. And the Windsor set, the people who they hang out with, aren't drawn from regular um, aristocracy folks. It's celebrities, they're charming, they're famous, and a lot of them are fascists, too. Right. They hung out with other Nazi sympathizers, such as Oswald Mosley and his wife, Diana Mitford. These two were actually married in Joseph Goebbels' house. He and Hitler were their witnesses. And even more charming, Diana owned a diamond swastika necklace. Just a, you know, special little detail about some of their <laughs> friends. Um, and The Duke is frustrated at this point that his family is dithering so much about um, what his role will be. What in what capacity will he serve his country? And it's a it's a difficult question because what do you give to a king who abdicates? You obviously can't give him too much power. He's sacrificed it, but he is the son of a king, and he's someone who has been king, and he can't be completely sidelined. And he wants power and he wants a voice. He's advocating appeasement at this time, which was a very unpopular sentiment. And he records an announcement in March 1939 urging peace with the Germans. And the BBC says, absolutely not. We're not airing that. So Britain declares war September 1939. And the Duke is stationed in France as a British liaison. But he's also communicating with the Nazis. The German minister mentions in a letter that he has a direct line of contact to the Duke. And in May 1940, the Duke gets helpful information to Hitler, who's in Belgium and trying to invade France. And this is when the red flags start popping up for people like Winston Churchill. Yeah. The Duke is also the one who tells the Germans that the Allies have their plan for invading France. Consequently, uh, the Nazis change their plan and France is lost. Um, so... There's an issue, though. The Duke and Duchess are in France when it falls, and Churchill is terrified that the Nazis will kidnap them. Which is smart, because that was actually the plan. The Nazis wanted to kidnap Edward, and they figured when Hitler had conquered Great Britain, he could install Edward as the puppet king. And then, of course, Wallace could be queen, which was also her goal. And Joseph Goebbels said about the Duke, it's a shame he is no longer king. With him, we would have entered into an alliance. And I'm going to say that if Goebbels is your biggest fan, you might want to rethink what you're doing. Yeah. The Duchess, meanwhile, is hanging out with von Ribbentrop, or Trop, we're not entirely sure how to say that one, um, who is the Nazi foreign minister. Lots of people thought that he was her lover. He supposedly sent her 17 carnations every day to represent the number of times they'd slept together. And the British government is aware by this point that the Duchess is having dealings with Ribbentrop, and they keep moving them all around Europe to try to keep them away from him. At one point, they end up moving them to Spain, but there are too many Nazi sympathizers there, and it doesn't stop the Duchess from corresponding with him, so they move them to Portugal. But that doesn't help either. She still manages to worm her way in every single time. And the government is scared that the Duke or the Duchess is going to say something to the press about their Nazi sympathies. 
they want the two of them where they can do no harm. The idea is to yeah. neutralize their influence. Shut them down, basically. Um, but they're having a good time hanging out with all these German agents. It's all very glamorous for them. And things do get more heated. Edward is giving statements to the press that are very defeatist and kind of pro-Nazi. And Churchill orders him to come home or be court-martialed. And Edward responds that he's not coming back to England until his wife is treated like royalty, which gets back to an issue we discussed in our earlier podcast that even though she was named the Duchess of Windsor, she didn't have the title uh, of Royal Highness. And this is a big sore point for the two of them. So while they're in Portugal in July 1940, the German ambassador in Lisbon passes a message on to Berlin. The Duke believes with certainty that continued heavy bombing would make England ready for peace. So at this point, the Duke is advocating bombing his own people, which, well... pretty shocking. Yes. And he also tells the Spanish royal that England's government is going to collapse and that a new government will take over and make peace with Germany. And somehow his brother, George, will abdicate and the Duke will get to rule. So it's sounding pretty delusional. And Winston Churchill knows the Duke is bad, bad news, and he's finally had enough right about at this point. Which is interesting, too, because Churchill was the Duke's major supporter when he was a king considering abdication. Well, and then he didn't know about his his sympathies. It's not until the war he's seen Edward's hidden colors. Yeah. So instead, the Duke and Duchess are sent to the Bahamas in August 1940, where the Duke will be governor. And... The two of them hate this. They absolutely hate it. They think of the Bahamas as their Elba. Which is really self-aggrandizing, isn't it? Oh, yeah. We're just like Napoleon. (laughs) And even there, they're both still scheming. Edward's trying to hang out on the yacht of Axel Wenner-Gren, who is the best friend of Hermann Goring. And the British government says, are you kidding? No, that's just not happening. And in December 1940, the Duke also gave an interview with Fulton Aursler, who was an American journalist. And in it, he said that Hitler was a great man and the right and logical leader of Germany. And he also wanted Roosevelt to act as some sort of mediator, which obviously Roosevelt, I mean, no way, that's not happening. Um, In 1941, even, Roosevelt put them under FBI surveillance when they were visiting Miami. And supposedly... She was going to visit a dentist, but she did all sorts of sketchy things like this. She was sending all of her dry cleaning to New York. Why would you send your dry cleaning to New York if you lived in the Bahamas, unless you were passing secret messages along? So the FBI report has some shocking things to reveal, and the big bomb was that it was the Duchess's politics that made it impossible for Edward to marry her and keep the throne. It had nothing to do with her divorces, which had been the official line all along. And so really, Wallace Simpson may have saved us all from the Nazi king. So yeah, that's obviously the big shocker from the FBI report, but it also mentioned things like the Duke was drunk a lot of the time, and the Duchess told people that he was impotent, and she was the only person who could actually satisfy him. So very uh, personal details for an FBI report, um, and pretty pretty surprising. Well, and it was a huge deal when these records came out, because the monarchy in general had largely denied any allegations of Nazi sympathies, as had the official biographer of Edward. So these revelations were even more shocking. Well, it makes you wonder how much 
people knew at the time. You know, obviously, most people didn't realize the extent of this couple's sympathies with the Nazis, but... Um, what did they know? Yeah, what did they know? The Duchess in her memoirs actually paints them as victims in all this and says that they were tricked into going to Germany because Hitler and Edward had a mutual interest in public housing projects. And once there, you know, they couldn't be rude. They're such high society people. No, you can't turn down an invitation to dinner. <laughs> but even until the end of the war, Edward is still quoted as saying things like, after the war is over and Hitler has crushed the Americans, we'll take over. The British don't want me as king, but I'll be back as their leader. Well, guess what, Edward? No, that never happened. So the question remains, would Edward have been a quizzling king if he had remained in power? Which is our new favorite phrase, I think. Yeah, it's from a Norwegian politician who helped the Nazis conquer his own country, and it means a traitor or collaborator. And um, it's a it's a scary thought, kind of, to imagine this pro-Nazi sympathizer remaining king of England. Well, and it couldn't help but remind me of when Prince Harry got in so much trouble for wearing that Nazi outfit on Halloween. Yeah. Learn some Windsor history, Harry. Well, and, and you're also forced to think of the comparison of the man who actually is king, Edward's younger brother, and his wife, Elizabeth, who are so well known for their war efforts and keeping the country together and boosting morale by staying in London during the Blitz. Right. They were in Windsor Castle and Buckingham Palace the whole time, even though they were told to flee to Canada. They were actually almost killed in, in Buckingham Palace. It's quite a contrast and something to think about. Well, that about wraps it up for the Windsors. But if you want to learn more about fascism, we actually have a really good article, How Fascism Works. You can check it out on our homepage at www.howstuffworks.com. And that brings us to listener mail. We have two comments today. One is from Alex, who listened to our Ada Lovelace podcast on the Enchantress of Numbers and said that NPR had done a story recently about the Difference Engine, and you can go see some pictures if you would like to go to their website and search for it. And we also got an email from Damien, and when Sarah and I had done the Lord Byron podcast, Sarah mentioned that she'd heard in some of her classes that he had eating troubles. Yeah, that he uh, basically couldn't control his weight without severe dieting, and he would go through sort of binge and purge cycles to to slim down and then blow up again. Well, we have confirmation now from Damien's wife, who is a romantics professor, that Byron did indeed binge and purge and had a hard time controlling his weight. Well, thanks to Alex and Damien. If you have any questions for us or um, answers to our questions, go ahead and email us at historypodcast at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. And be sure to check out the Stuff You Missed in History Class blog on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage. 